Hello and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me today is Mark, Chris and Alex. We've got a sponsor. Wow. Everybody know that? We've got a sponsor. Bad so we need to say a massive thank you to Swaz. S-W-A-Z or Z, depending on where in the world you are listening to this. Also, for being the most Plymouth-sounding word, it's impossible to say it without a long A, isn't it? Swaz. Let's tell you a little bit about what Swaz do. If I, if I got any more information than this, I'd have to read it. But bear with me a second. I think I remember that Swaz are a world-leading producer of top-tier custom-made football kits, and they're based in Plymouth, and supply kits to clubs all over the world. Right, get your pens. Customers can go on their website, swaz.co.uk, and use their specialized football kit builder to create whatever kit design they like. No minimums, no hidden costs, it's quick, and if you need any guidance, someone from Swaz will be on hand. Design it, wear it, Swaz. Hello everyone, wee bit of housekeeping here. Just as we've finished recording, Chris Errington releases interview with Stephen Schumacher. So just in case you're wondering why we weren't referring to that interview, which arguably adds a, a lot of context to um, Schumacher's departure, it wasn't available to us. So a um, small bit of bad luck there, but there you go. All right, guys, we've um, given ourselves a few days to cool off. <laughs> it's been quite a week. Last time we were on, we were talking about that incredible thriller at Home Park. Uh, little did we know what was to follow. Mark, how are you holding up? I'm doing very well, Archie. How are you? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm all good. I've um, I've moved on. I've processed it. What's happened, Alex? Yeah. How you how you feeling? Well, I just found out that the in-laws aren't coming for Christmas anymore because they're all unwell. So that's really helped me. Uh, it's been a tough week, but uh, I needed a little pick me up, and, and that was it. <laughs> said live on the pod chris i'm good my massive tv blew up yesterday you like, that angry? yeah stopped working but i live in america so it's like cheaper than bread to get a new one so i'm basically i'm okay right let's get into it uh mark has stephen schumacher ruined his argyle legacy at the moment it's very raw mm-hmm. yeah um there's a lot of bitterness around. Um, it happened before with Ryan Lowe. It, it happened with uh, Stephen Schumacher. It happened with Luggy. Happened with Dave Smith. We've lost a few managers over the years. We will get over it. We have to get over it. We have to move on. Um, there's no point in sulking. We have Birmingham to win that game, and that and Stephen Schumacher will will become a distant memory let's stay up yeah and just get on with it dust ourselves off let's stay in this league and fight hard to stay in this league with stoke city our new relegation rival i mean on that same forget stephen schumacher i'm, I'm with you i totally see where you're coming from but Alex, it's a shame because we shouldn't be having to forget him. He was probably not far off kind of um, luggy statue being built in his name territory, really, if we're being honest, because he had a fantastic two years. But to go back to my original point, I feel like he's it's tarnished and it's going to be hard to reflect on those two years. Maybe we will in you know, years to come. But right now, when the, what's going to... It feels hard. It feels raw and it feels like it's um, he's sold us down the drain a bit. Yeah. 
a week has felt like a really long time. That Rotherham game feels like years ago, hmm. and it was only a few days. And in that no. time, since everything came out initially on that Monday, when everybody spent the whole day glued to Twitter, and anybody <laughs> associated with Argyle got absolutely nothing done, um, my opinions and feelings have sort of changed a lot over the week. So in a week's time, in a month's time, in a year's time, they may have changed again, especially as more information comes out about what did or didn't happen. Um, there are differences. I mean, you say Luggy's the comparison. We've talked about other managers who've left. He did it effectively at the end of a season. We were essentially already up. Um, he did it at the end of a season, so it didn't feel quite the same. It wasn't mid-season. Um, he went to a Premier League opportunity, which I don't think if Shuey had moved to a team in the Premier League, which was unlikely, but if he had, or, or even a team at the top end of this division, um, I think even a few weeks earlier, if, it, if we'd be talking about Sunderland right now, forget about the money that Stoke have and everything like that, that would also be a different conversation. But there were so many little aspects of it that just stung a bit. Mm. And I can't say how I'm going to feel in six weeks, six months, a year's time about it. What I can tell you is looking back on last season and the pictures at Port Vale and some of the moments we had and some of the moments I was fortunate enough to have when I was over um, at the Burton game, there was a just some of the shine was just taken off those memories um, looking at those things. So I don't want to say for sure, but yes, I I definitely think that you cannot take away his achievements at Argyle. You absolutely cannot. Last year was incredible. But in terms of club legend, and I've noticed a lot of people who've been writing about it and people associated with the club have been very careful when reflecting not to use the L word. Um, mm. So we'll, time will tell, but it will definitely play into play into how he's remembered for sure. Chris, are you able to kind of separate the two things now? Does that make sense? Last season's success and the previous half season with Shuey. And even this season, it's been a real ride, hasn't it, up until Rotherham. Are you going to be able to kind of keep those happy memories alongside the potential bitterness? Or I don't know how you feel about his departure. <laughs> I don't know. I fall into my own cliches here, but life's too short, frankly. I think, I think separating the two is important because I think it is possible to feel disappointed about the manner of his departure, right? Which I do. With the reality of this being how football works. Um, you know, earlier in the season, when we were speaking to Chris Arrington, he made the point, people, managers either leave under a cloud because they were terrible or people are angry because they were good and we don't want someone else to have them. So to me, fighting that is pointless. And I think it is possible to still be, that's a shame, but also be realistic. If someone's given you four and a half years, that's not a bad run. No. So I can separate the two. It definitely doesn't change my memories of anything. And if anything, I'd go the other way and say, if you take the current experience of our football club, the infrastructure, the way we're run, probably presents us with an opportunity now. Yeah, and it's it's an important point you touch on. Nearly five years. Um, obviously, I think people or external Argyle kind of commentators, pundits get stuck on that. It's just been two years, but he's been with us for nearly five years. And um, 
probability says that he was he was coming towards the end of his time. Really, that's a long, long, long stint. You know, whatever it was, four years and X amount of months. But yeah, I mean, what Chris, you touched on it. What what disappoints you then? What disappoints you about his the the nature of his departure? I mean, it can be done. You know, I think especially living in Germany, you see Klopp springs to mind. He had a fairly amicable departure from Dortmund. You know, was serenaded by the yellow wall. Um, so it can happen, you know, but and that's I think what stings for me is that there was no no um goodbye that he deserved that the fans deserved. And I, I think you're about to say he didn't know the stuff nope. um chairman he he... was apparently en route during his Ryan Lowe fist pump. And that's what for me I find difficult to digest. But Klopp didn't leave to go to Stoke, did he? No, he didn't like, leave to I go anyway. I think that's yeah. the undercurrent of this is that there is a an individual has made a decision for himself. And I don't judge him for that. Like, you know, more money, improved facilities, increased budget. You've been in a job for four and a half years. It would be inhumane to say anything other than that makes sense. What is disappointing about it is the kind of undercurrent of, what's the word? The the lack of transparency around it. Yeah, I don't think you have to go full clop and have a yellow wall, but I do think you could amicably potentially part with the club. But we don't know. We don't know. I, I don't think we should judge the individual, but that doesn't stop us being angry about him. It's yeah. like getting divorced, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. Think it's we. Oh my god. Maybe we felt too secure when the Sunderland rumor turned into nothing, and. You know, they were in six spots, Sunderland at the time. And then Stoke turned up with a bag full of cash and he's gone. Mm. I think it's important to distinguish or make the distinction between two things about what are you, what are you upset about? Are you upset about losing Shuey as a manager? Or are we upset about the the timing and the way it's happened and the impact that that's going to have potentially on the club and the team moving forwards. Because for me, I no problem with Shuey going. He was a good manager for us. He was an excellent manager for us. He was one of our best ever managers. But there are other managers out there. He was not the best manager in the world. He was not the Messiah. He was a, when he was with us at the club, represented, represented the club fantastically well, did well for us on the pitch. That's not my issue with him going to another club where he feels he can do better. That's up to him. What bothers me about it is the instability that it causes at a really crucial point in our season. And we were kind of set up around him in a sense. I know I know people at the club say, Oh, we have this whole thing where if somebody leaves, um, if somebody leaves, it doesn't matter. It doesn't cause a problem because we're a team rather than an individual. But at the same time, that whole culture has kind of grown up around Schumacher over the last two years as well. So he is integral to that. So now it's a big test of can somebody else slot in there? So Schumacher go in as an individual, not so worried about how this affects us right now as a club. That's the thing that I think causes a lot of people concern. Yeah, and I guess it's a build on that, Alex. That's the point, isn't it? That it's... The manner of the departure, or the timing rather, a week before Jan, before January, which we'll come back to later because there's possibly more in that. But he's going to a rival, a direct rival who are beneath us in the relegation, well, on the table and our relegation rivals. So he's, I don't know, I mean, he's not trying to send us down directly, 
but his, his, us going down would benefit him now, you know? So it's hard It's hard to swerve that. For him to succeed, he needs our guard not to succeed and vice versa. And we, it's hard to kind of be amical about, and mature about that. Like you said, it's Sunderland at the other end of the table. Mitigating yeah. circumstances, if we're going to look for balance in this, people talk about, oh, the money. He, nobody would turn down a big increase at um, an organisation with a better infrastructure, um, at least in terms of facilities. I think it's kind of across the board. People are agreed that we'd all do it if, you know, provided um, the circumstances were right. Now, there's also the consideration that a manager's stock is so much more volatile than a player's. Mm. This could be his high watermark as a manager, and he may never, ever get the opportunity again. So I do understand as a manager when you are having that you've had an approach, somebody's coming for you and, you know, he knew it would rock the boat. He knew it would cause problems at Argyle, but this could be the biggest and best job offer he ever gets in his career. Maybe not, but I just feel like managers, it's different to players where, you know, Morgan Whitaker, let's say Morgan Whitaker, you know, he wants to leave in January, hypothetically, of course, you could say to him, Morgan, give us another six months and we'll let you go in the summer. Now, Morgan, unless he has a horrific injury, is still going to be the same player and regarded in the same way in the summer. A manager, that's completely different. If he goes on a bad run, he's out of the picture. His he's not, name's not in any conversations anymore. So that's another consideration in terms of why. If we're trying to understand why he did it and how it, how it happened, I think that's another thing to consider as well as the money. Mm. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was just down in the town and the postman asked, you know, I'm an Argyle fan. And he said, well, if someone offered me in Dawlish Warren to go there for double the money, I'm there tomorrow. And he's not wrong. Um, albeit, it's a different job, isn't it? It's such a unique job. And, you know, two weeks ago, he's t- talking about being a right janner. And he's kind of got, he's got this huge integral part of the local community. He's almost like this cultural icon for Plymouth, you know? And I think that's what upsets me. Maybe I'm being too naive about it, is that he seemingly doesn't care. Because there's not even been a statement, and I'm sure in a month to say he'll be saying, "Oh, I was you know silence my agent told me not to say anything." But it's a fact that there hasn't even been a nod of respect to this kind of city who you were an ambassador for. But um, what are you gonna what are you yeah. gonna do? You know, at the moment he's come in, he's been paid a lot of money to go and be that guy for Stoke City, yeah. and in the first week, one of his biggest things he's got to do to be a success there is get that city and get those fans on side. Now, you don't do that by talking about how great the place you just come from is and how much you love them and how you're going to miss it. You go in there and you talk about what a fantastic opportunity and a great club it is. And then in time, you know, he may start to make those noises. He has mentioned us in interviews. But again, how much of this is him and how much of this is the, the nature of the beast within which he works, which is the football industry? I'm not trying to make excuses. I don't know. I'm just... You know, there's so many different angles and perspectives on these things that yeah, it does feel it, be emotional. It, Chris, it feels more it feels more complicated than Ryan Lowe, and I don't expect you to comment on this, but that there's been plenty of rumours online about potential fallings fallings out, and we won't go into it here because well, that's all they are rumours, and if we entertained every Twitter rumour, we'd never, you know, finish the pod. But it does feel a bit more. Murky, the waters feel a bit more murky than that low departure, which was fairly cut and dry. He was out. He was the only one that left. 
and Schumacher stepped up almost you know within hours. That's not the case. Um, so it's a big hard reset that we face, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Well, it's I the end of an it's era. It's an end. It's, it's what it is. Is the end of that low Schumacher era. That's undeniable. Yeah, it is, but you know, possibly we, not a reset. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely see it as an opportunity. Um, mm. Someone's staying with me at the moment. Who has said he'll come on in in the future? Just so you know, um, you know, very connected to football, and he was telling me this morning that that working in football that we are mentioned in the three, the triumvirate of three, Brentford, Brighton, Plymouth. And as I said to you on the chat, believe me, if he wanted to say, never been so delighted that a stinky club like yours is up the swanee, he'd say it, but he was exactly the opposite. He was, I think you need to appreciate what has been built, how well the club is received and how good an opportunity this is. So. Of course, it's an end of an era, and maybe this is the Cal of Miami in me, but it's an opportunity. I think it's a massive opportunity. There's going to be a couple of weeks of upset, but I, yeah, yes, it's an end of an era, but it's the start of a new one. Absolutely, there should be a, a great atmosphere on Saturday at home to Birmingham, and the crowd is going to be really up for it, and a lot of backing, especially finance and the players and uh use that use that uh, feeling to get behind the side don't cry over spilt milk and let's look forward and uh yeah it is a massive opportunity for for another coach to make his name absolutely have to see it that way we can't afford to sulk and mope around um and think what if what if what if we've got to get on with it and we could do that now Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, sorry for any background noise. A boiler's just kicked in, very much in spare room territory here. Um, but it's a great point, Chris. And to a po- what, what, just to summarise what I meant with the Schumacher thing, it feels like, I think Alex is touching it as well, we don't know what to think about it. And we'll, I think we'll park that part of the discussion there. I think more will come out over time. I'm sure he'll release a, a statement. Um, so it's hard really to fill up a, a, an opinion on that. But looking forward, like you say, it, it, it's impossible not to get exciting, excited rather about what's to come. And like you said, we're seen as you know one of the leading clubs, one of the example clubs to the EFL. And Alex, apparently, we've got a hundred plus applications, which seems to be getting a lot of traction on social media. I think that's probably fairly standard. I feel like last time we got something similar. Might be wrong, uh, but exciting times ahead. Yeah, I'll be more excited when we get to the end of January. I think. I know we said we were going to park the talk of Schumacher now, but um, seeing we'll get more of an insight into how he views us and what he thinks of the current team we've got, but also um, sort of the levels of respect that he's going to show us having moved on mid-season is if he starts sniffing around all of our best players in January, well, then that will definitely influence my um, opinions quite heavily. When we get to the end of January, I'll be... um, assuming we we haven't had all of our players' heads turned and unsettled, we'll be in a position looking towards the run-in of the season really positively, I think, because I have every single faith in the leadership of the club to pick the right person. And one thing you hear a lot about is this Argyle way and the and the 
style of football that we want to play and how we are not going to get somebody in who we will then have to adapt and change to their ways. We're going to bring somebody in who fits the model, who works with Argyle. So hopefully the transition won't be like we're getting somebody in who is um, a certain um, ex-manager who is in a team falling down the league who have don't have loads of XGs. Um, <laughs> which we'll say I won't name him. Um, get uh-huh. it up, get it up there, and get the first and second balls or something. We're not going to get that type of person in. We're going to get somebody who fits the blueprint. I'm really excited to see who that is. And there's a huge dif- difference here. And one thing that's good about this happening now rather than in the summer because Shui could have gone in the summer somebody could have gone in for him in the summer for all we know somebody did come in for him in the summer and he could have left and it would have been a lot more amicable and we would have understood you know your stock's very high um you've left us at a, as good a point as you can but the difference is now we are in the championship and we're not just in the championship I think and this is a discussion we have every other week but we're doing well in the championship we're in what 16th place at the moment for a team that's just come up with a lower lower end budget as chris has said we're a really attractive prospect but the type of people we're going to be attracting now compared to who we would have attracted in the summer necessarily is completely different the names we're talking about people from spain and norway and all these they might be Mm. silly they might be rumors but the fact that people are believing them is amazing and not that it's some oh we're getting some guy who's done all right in the national league and well, there, well, the... <laughs> there is that rumor, the Paul Cook rumor. But well, I take I'm, your point. I'm, I'm, re- I'm refusing to to pay much yeah. attention to that yeah. one in particular. So, can I just jump in on that, right? So, if we're doing Muppets Christmas Carol, right? So, with the ghost of Christmas past, we've done, and now we're in the present, right? I think it also needs, as fans, people need to question their own hypocrisy because there is. I'm not saying anybody here, but. There's a huge sense of how dare he leave our club and will forcefully advocate that we go and steal somebody else's manager who might be their messiah. So it's it's a reality, right? It's a reality that times change, things move on, and we are now potentially going to be the aggressor. Mm. No, you're, yeah, so, I think you need to acknowledge no. that, that. And we're quite you know, high up in that food trade, aren't we? And we are we're high quite up high up in that. that exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still believe maybe maybe it's no. I still believe the whole, not just broadly speaking, that that depart the way someone departs can be done in a more amicable, respectful manner. But I don't have a lot of evidence for that. <laughs> you know, I've, I, you know, I've mentioned the famous Klopp thing, and I think it feels like in you know in Germany it's a bit more normal. You know, Forsberg at Leipzig, he just you know he, he's leaving, in, I think now, and he said goodbye to the fans. And it, so maybe it's a cultural difference. I don't quite know, but it, it's just a shame that you didn't have that opportunity to say goodbye and thank you. Anyway. Yeah, the managers, those being linked, it is really exciting. And to come back to that original point, the last time he made a big appointment was low. Because Schumacher, I mean, obviously it was an appointment, but it was internal. And I think what excites me is that we're four years into, just over four years into, you know, Simon Hallett's regime, really. Um, Regime's quite a strong word, but that's his new Argyle. And I'm really excited to see what the fruits of that labour get us if that makes sense because Lowe was a good appointment I can't you know he's blowing up you know his press of self-destruction button as we speak but he was a good appointment and he's probably what we needed at the time and that was on day one of this new Argyle so four years down the line 
I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm quietly confident that we'll get someone even possibly better than Schumacher. And crucially, Mark, they've t- they've spoken about having a contingency plan, that kind of list of plan B, if you like, in case this day ha- does come. They, and it's time for it to uh, kick into action now. Yeah, absolutely interesting to see how it develops in the next few weeks. Um, where they where they come from, the next next manager of Plymouth Argo, it's it's really fascinating. But short term, really exciting game against Birmingham. Wayne Rooney. Mm. Let's let's just win that game and move on, and then we're up to Cardiff. I've no absolutely uh, no. It, it's not about Schumacher now. It's always about the next game. Yeah, the players said yesterday, you know, whether this is absolutely, you know, the case, but you have to believe Neil Jusnit, the players have moved on. So yeah. we've got to as well. It's no point in crying over spilt milk and getting bitter. We had exactly the same with Ryan Lowe. It happened again with Schumacher. Let's just get on with it. If we if we cry like babies, we've given him too much space in our heads, letting them live rent-free in our heads. This is about Plymouth Argo, not about Schumacher. Yeah, I, and I see what your point. I think my, my only po- reply to that would be he was some. It was a huge icon for us, and it just, just I, I keep on saying it just feels a shame that that's our approach. And you're right, we do have to just completely kind of move on from him. But it's a shame that we have to do that because he's given us so many fantastic memories. But Hey, ho, that's the situation we're in. Hey, someone that didn't leave us, or two people that didn't leave us, um, Kevin Nanskerville. Alex, he's uh, or, 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 turning to a bit of a cult figure. Rumours are to be to be uh, believed. He turned down the bright lights of Stoke and has stayed in Plymouth and uh, will be co-managing Argyle on Saturday. It's um, refreshing, after all our cynical chat, that we've got someone with um, real loyalty, whatever that means. The brains behind the brains behind the brains behind the brains. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot to be said about Nance Kivell. Um, I've never heard a bad word said about him as a person. I think a lot of credit has to go again to the people who run the club because they've acknowledged that we, they work in an industry where people come and go and loyalty is at a premium. So to have somebody like that as a central figure in the club and keep them aboard um, isn't, a mistake or I don't think not mistake. It's not an accident. Um, and he is the sort of thread that runs through the heart of the club. He works with the youth. He works with the first team. You see him around the place and he stops and chats to absolutely everybody, whether it's a fan or whether it's somebody on the board and having that continuity and that stability through a character like Nance Kevill is so important as people come and go around the club. It means you're not having to make wholesale changes. It means that he's got somebody who has worked with the young players when they were younger, who knows the first team very well, who can go into that dressing room and reassure people and put an arm around people who need a bit of advice or might need a bit of refocusing. Um, And it's in moments like this where he kind of steps out from the shadow of perhaps bigger personalities and really shows you and you really realise that actually a football club is so much more than the people you see in the headlines or the people you see on the touchline on the telly. And I think the the day that Kevin Nance um finally hangs up his tracksuit 
and takes a well-earned retirement because I can't see him moving on from Argyle if he hasn't moved on to Stoke this time. Um, he will be sorely, sorely missed. And having somebody like that, you can't. You, it's one of those things that's hard to even measure. Um, yeah. It's arguably a masterstroke, really, from, I think it was Simon Allen, um, correct me if I'm wrong, when Lowe was appointed, he asked Ryan Lowe to, um, you know, essentially take a look at Nanskaville, give him a chance yep. in looking for that continuity. And apart, I mean, obviously, Nanskaville's had a huge part of the last four years, but that decision looks genius now, doesn't it? Because he easily could have moved on post-relegation, post-Adams, you know, yeah. Derek Adams and... But now it's it's great. It's you know, it's quite frankly, godsend that he's here. He's he an Ar- he's about. an Argyle fan. He's played for yeah. them a bit. I remember watching. I remember seeing some of his few appearances for Argyle. Um, he's coached them. He's managed them um, when he's had to step in. So he gets called Mister Argyle. I don't think that's too much to call him that. Um, times like this, you need people like Kevin mm. Nance Kivel to step up. Yeah, Mark. The other. Um part of that double act Neil Jusnip and I think we've always known you know we've got a, a serious kind of top operator in the football world in Neil Jusnip and looking at his CV in the last few days you know he's had some serious experience with England and not when I say serious experience at the top end of that kind of pyramid working with the under 21s and 18s and 17s I believe in tournament settings as a technical director I think and a coach at some then at the Olympics of the Canadian women it, I don't know if I fully appreciate what we've actually got in Neil Jusnip, you know, a, a man with huge, huge experience in the game. Also, that successful experience with Canada and the Olympics, the women's team. Hmm. Um, so just got to trust the guys in charge to make the right decision. He's shown that he doesn't want to do the manager's job himself, but you have to trust that he'll get get it right in tandem with the board to make sure that we have the optimum candidate as the next manager of Plymouth Argyle. And he also said yesterday at the presser, the main thing is to stay in the championship. So he had like three types of coach. You know, so, you know, we might be getting something that we might not have expected, but the main thing is to stay in the championship. So. We it's going to be an interesting few weeks, that's for sure. At uh, PL two, yeah, uh, Alex. It feel uh, another reason for hope. I'm full of them today. Last time we made the low decision, we didn't have that. I think he's actually technical director, as Neil Jusnip. I might be wrong. I don't think he's a football director of football. If there's a difference, we didn't have him. He came didn't he, a few weeks after Lowe was appointed, and. Um, <laughs> It's great that we'll have him for this bit because we boy do we need him with his yeah. football nails. It can work both ways that position. Sometimes you hear stories about personalities clashing and the manager or the first team coach feeling like they don't have enough autonomy and one of them has to go. Or what it can do is it can mean that again if we go back to talking about continuity and consistency of approach when managers or as first team coaches come and go, you have somebody there who understands the football side of things to keep things ticking over, to help make sure that the next person that comes in is able to replicate or develop or evolve the style in a way that matches the way the club wants to play. So at the moment, it seems as though that is working to our benefit. 
and it helps that he does have recent coaching experience in terms of that Canada um, experience at the Olympics and um, working directly with players really helps, especially I think his experience of working with youth team players because we do have quite a young team and some of them he has worked with when they were younger, either through the England setup or he knows people who've worked with them wherever they've come from. So again, just like I said with Nance Kivel, having somebody who is able to put an arm around some of these younger players and explain to them or help them to understand this is the way the business works. Because he was talking about the older players who said, yeah, well, you know, managers come and go. This is Joe has had this many managers, X number of managers, and has kind of taken it in his stride. I think for the younger players where Schumacher might have been the person who um, has really kick-started their career, that's going to be a much bigger challenge for them to be mm-hmm. able to adapt and, and move on from this, perhaps. So having his experience with youth players and Kevin Nanskivels as well, I think is going to be um, big um, over mm-hmm. the next few weeks. Chris, in the last, I don't know what how you've coped, but in my way of trying to deal with this uh, shock departure, because it was a shock. We're speaking about it now quite openly a few days later, but it was a shock. I started analysing, you know, Argyle and the setup, and I'm starting to feel very grateful, you know, of what we do have. And I'm starting to wonder, was Stephen Schumacher the most dispensable out of this kind of core A team that we have of Simon Hallett being at the top of that, Parking, Andrew Parkinson, Neil Dewsnip, and then perhaps Stephen Schumacher was actually the one that's the most interchangeable. We've set up to minimise risk, right, with very capable people running the club. I think the other element of this that we've not talked about is, um, you know, I hate the, the Green Army. But there is a massive, massive lift that the supporters can give in this time and actually, the core fan base is really good in a crisis. Like we're at our best as fans when we're up against it. I think we individually, it feels unusual to be getting a hundred and one points. It feels unusual to be having tactical conversations. I think the other thing it will do, it will galvanise support in a way. I think that. You know, as a part of the club, the fan base is important. And, you know, how many times you talk about how toxic Twitter is? And I think everyone's within their rights, you know, from any reaction to the exit of a manager is fully justified. You know, I think Mr. Lowe's mm. forgotten that this week. But the effect that this will have of all the games in a very long time tomorrow is one I would love to be at. I think, Archie, you're going, aren't you? I am. Uh, I'll be a few rows behind Wayne Rooney, which is um quite something. I would. I I think that there is. If you're not a Plymouth fan, you underestimate how well we deal with being in trouble. You know, as yeah, a I mean, city and no. as a club, I'm not sure that's true everywhere. I'm not sure that's true everywhere. I think some of the bigger clubs, when they go through this, don't necessarily. It gets toxic, right? It gets mm. toxic against the club and. I, I think it will galvanise us. I think it might be worth points over the best. I mean, that MK, Don, uh, MK Don's game from nearly two years ago to the day is still kind of talked about, isn't it? it? Albeit it was only a draw against a very good, at the time, MK Don's team. But, you know, the limbs in that game and the reception Schumacher got, 
it's kind of gone down in folklore as a bit of a you know it's kind of it's one of those games that fans really still enjoy looking back on as did the game at Notts County and as did the game at Sheffield United against Sheffield United that stand out when we've had managers go previously it um it does bring everybody together and it does galvanize the fan base and I, I sense and I only sense this from afar and through social media and the people I talk to but Within a week, we are already getting excited about where this takes the club next as a fan base. And I I think a huge difference is there's a lot of trust in the club from the fans to pick somebody who is going to carry us forward. And there's excitement rather than there's a few names being thrown around that I really hope are just being thrown around by people who don't know what they're talking about on Twitter. But it is genuinely exciting because, as we've said, we got to this point. Um, with people in charge of the club who now in the championship with the caliber of candidate they're going to get get to choose from however many applicants who is the person that we want rather than scratching around for who can we get out of league two we might want to come down here so that's very exciting i think the fans are excited about that and it's great that we've got a game against the team that we can beat at home at the weekend and everybody can get on board i think if we don't beat them everybody's going to be very understanding of it and actually, if we're talking about the few games coming up, in terms of timing, it's this general, general consensus is this is not great timing at all. But then you look at the fixtures. I mean, we've got Birmingham City at home. Now, that's such a unique fixture that the fans are going to be up for it. The players are going to be up for it. I don't think losing Schumacher is a problem here. If anything, this whole saga could give us actually a boost at the weekend. It could add something to our game in the very immediate short term. Then we've got Cardiff. Now, that could be a tricky one because by that point, we will have been without a dedicated manager for for a short time. It's going to be a tough away game that we would hope to get something from, but it's going to be tricky. But then you've got, what, Southampton away? I know we say we sort of ban the term free hit on here, but were we going to get much away at Southampton with Schumacher anyway? And then is it Sutton in the cup after that? So by which point, hopefully we'll have somebody new in. So in terms of a run of games, I'd say apart from the, the Cardiff away, the other three are probably three games that I'd pick to have it in this moment. Maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm searching for a silver lining or clutching at straws there, but not all bad. As an Argyle fan, I mean, the, even the, the Rotherham uh, game was an example where Argyle fans love a bit of adversity, and there was a tremendous atmosphere, I think, when Hardy went off, Bundu was was maimed carried off on a stretcher and it was a it was a very lively atmosphere which made it easier for Argo to turn it around against Rotherham and I expect it to be a tremendous atmosphere tomorrow against Birmingham and especially because we've got little old Wayne Rudy coming to town and we we want to show him and the players will be up for it and I'm, I'm really positive about tomorrow yeah, and we're then we're up to Cardiff. We haven't won away all season, even with the Messiah uh, Stephen Schumacher in charge. It's another free hit. Let's go up there. We we can do that. Yeah, I I'm conscious of the term free hit. Don't worry, I'm not, I won't go on that rant again. But we still we're still playing league football against teams who we said, you know, two three weeks ago we must be picking up points in. I appreciate the circumstances are hard, but um. We've got to keep our eyes on the ball. And I think we will. The press conference yesterday really reassured me. The snippets I've heard from Edwards online really makes me think that 
uh, we're in a good place, as good a place as you can be. But yeah, look, Birmingham, big game. We need to beat them or get a point at least. I, I, mean, I don't want to force my vices onto you, Archie, like being, giving you in Plymouth. But I, I've been a tent outside the Brit now with 24 hours before. Like it's it's one of those occasions, you know, be in the pub mm. at eight in the morning. It's Christmas. You're right. There is no such thing as a free hit, but I absolutely echo 100% what Mark just said. We were a 97th minute winner away from throwing away points against the bottom team in the division. But there's no rug being pulled from under the team here. It's the same team working to the same philosophy. I genuinely believe it could be additive. I think the, the effect on the fans, potentially the galvanizing effect on the players, and, you know, Birmingham looked pretty decent against Leicester. If they go and win 4-0 on to Cardiff, like, I think we have to treat it quite philosophically and enjoy it. I'll say it again, say it every single week, but if you can't enjoy yeah. this, you're mad. Yeah. <laughs> we now get, get know you. why, we know why now that, why Stephen Schumacher wasn't really going absolutely apeshit after those challenges on Hardy and Bundu. Yeah. Probably he was already in contact with Stoke City. Yeah, allegedly the helicopter came a little bit later, but you have to be pretty naive. To, yeah, Mark. Uh, yeah, you make a you make a good point. I'm glad you brought it up because I wasn't too sure how to shoehorn it back in. Because truth be told, I forgot when we were, we were at that point in the story. Um, but yeah, that's another point which adds to the sourness for me. That um, yeah, you look back at his quite subdued press conference and you see the screenshots of the Coates family helicopter coming into Plymouth and you start thinking, that oh, doesn't sit too well with me. Um, but hey, maybe it's been brewing for a few weeks. Who knows? You start looking back at everything, all the evidence that you have in front of you of him talking about, you know, we, we don't have much, um, what did he say? We don't have much money for January. That We need to have conversations there. You know, you start overanalyzing that. So who knows what's gone on behind the scenes? But Mark, like you say, I find it hard to believe that this time last well, last week at Home Park, I've just gone kick off. It seems to me, logic would say that that seed has been sown in his in his mind. Who knows? Um, should we have a quick look ahead to those names that have been uh, mentioned? Because they are one of you mentioned it. They are. It's an interesting mix in order of likelihoodness, if that's such a word. Just um, yeah, it also might be completely made up. Yeah, it may well be. It's, it's uh, Leighton Baines, <laughs> Paul, Paul Cook. This is the best one. Gus Poyer, John Eustace, Neil Warnock, Nathan Jones. Um, one name I can't say from Scandinavia. Richie Wellens, Brian Barry Murphy, and Dick Schruder. So yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what carry on? Zippy, yeah. Arch Desmond Tutu. Like mm. what? It's to me that is an absolute irrelevance. Yeah, what I can tell you is this: there's two things that that our new manager is going to have. Could could be any of those people or none of those people, but they will match the style that we currently play or at least be a, a version of it or relate to it. And um, they will fit the profile, the personal profile that the club want to have. So, for example, people saying get Warnock into the end of the season, absolute nonsense. 
there's no way Warnock's coming into the end of the season as our manager because he plays a completely different style to the way that we play. And Simon Hallett and Neil Jusnip have talked about the fact that we have a way that we want to play football for mm. the Argyle fans. So we're not going to get somebody in who just completely throws that out. Of the, you want you can't get somebody in and say, oh, he'll bring stability to the end of the season. How will he do that when he's going to completely change the system and ask the players to play in a different way over Christmas? Well, that's not going to happen. And it's going to be somebody who um, wants to work in the setup that we've got as well. So I can't talk about names, but we do know what I think. I'd be very surprised if it was somebody who didn't fit in those two different ways. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you want to try answering my question? Unlike well, I'll just mention the way that this business works. I mean, as soon as a rumor appears on social media, you can rest assured that the betting companies uh, will have been alerted. And so they're trying to feed the bet- betting markets with these spurious rumors. All right. And our, our former manager now works for the Coates family who own Bet365. And they're business is all around people trying to get to bet money on events happening or not so mm-hmm. you know this is this is just the way it is so it's it's these hundreds of rumors on twitter that you will read every day um they will be fed into the the betting markets to produce all these wonderful names of future Plymouth Argo managers some which will be absolutely no chance some will be very little chance. And I'm hoping that the leaks at Plymouth Argo are shorn up and uh, sewed up so that we go back to the days of when Derek Adams was in charge, when there's absolutely no information getting out of the club and we might be presented with a with a manager totally left field and with absolutely perfect credentials and absolutely nothing yeah. on social media. So you say there's no chance. I'm putting, sorry, I'm putting twenty dollars on Zippy. I think he's got an outside chance, having mentioned him. But actually, just to be more serious about your question, the one thing we do know because it's been quoted by the club is they had a hundred expressions of interest. That I think is a big shift from where historically we've been. To your point, that we might be fishing for others. I mean, I'm intrigued to know how you put in an expression of interest, like like people like ringing the ticket office. Well, someone someone screenshotted on free chat yesterday. They just emailed Mr. Parkinson, and he was very polite and said, "Your your application will be um reviewed in due course, and I'll get back to you accordingly." So, seemingly, it's as easy as emailing Andrew. So, um, Alex, there is hope. Yeah. Um. What hope for who? Hope for that you, you can get too late a job for a career change. Too late for a career change. No. Um, anybody who's listened to this podcast um, will know that I don't have the first clue about football. Um, I just have a decent microphone and a laptop. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. I, Juicenip said... toddler headphones. toddler <laughs> headphones, yeah, on my big head. Um, January was when Juicenip said it was unlikely that we'd see anybody in until January, which really says to you that we're not going to panic here. They're going to make sure they get the right person that fits. First of all, it says they're not so they're not worried about having Nance Kivel and Juice Nip taken over for a few games um, because they know how we play. They know the players, so there's no problems there. Although he did clean out the coaching staff, as you said, there's still people at the club 
who can keep things going until January. And it means we're going to get somebody who really, really fits. So if we have to sacrifice maybe a few points in the short term to get more points and for the rest of the season, then so be it. I think panicking and just getting the mm. first name in who's shown an expression of interest would be the worst thing to do. And so anti-Argyle, or the way and Argyle are run at the moment, it's just not going to happen. So I'm glad that it's, we all want somebody as soon as possible. We're all desperate for information. This week's been awful. We've just been sort of clamoring for anything mm-hmm. we can get. And there's been rumors flying about, but really we're just going to have to wait and be patient because if you want it done properly, that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah. And I think Chris mentioned it. It's about possibly, I think traditionally we put so much stock on the manager, kind of that Ferguson model, that possibly they're not as important as we thought they are don't get me wrong obviously the appointment is huge and i need to get it on the money but we're starting to see a culture where there's a wider kind of support system that can withstand such a kind of hot heavy body blow um so yeah and just and actually just and just on that as well like if you the other thing that's been validated this week if you've been having the kind of um torturing yourself looking at an old manager in a new stadium and ground and training ground is it validates the focus on infrastructure. Like the, the amount of nonsense that gets talked around, you know, we're spending too much money on the wrong things. Yeah. You see somebody stood in a new training ground, you start thinking, well, that's, that is part of the plan. That is why investment mm-hmm. is going into things that build for the long term because managers come and go but over a long term, improved facilities, will make the next search even easier because you better say, come and look at this that we've built. Like it, it's not just about the philosophy on the pitch. It's about the philosophy of the club, which is some realism, some ambition, a strong culture, one person or three people leaving in the short term will impact that. It absolutely will, right? Because we're human beings. But in the long term, I don't think it does. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we often speak about, you know, the assets that we have of Morgan and Bali that will be, will be, will be sold in the near to distant future and replaced. And that will go on and on and on. And possibly we need to have the same approach to our, towards our future manager or that position in general, that it's kind that it has that similar nature, if you like. And it's about someone who can continue the work better, at hopefully. But it is just an interchangeable part in the great jigsaw that is Plymouth Argyle. I think a word has to be said. We've talked a lot about Simon and Andrew Parkinson and Neil Juicenip, Kevin Nance been mentioned. Joe Edwards, from what I hear, has been also a really, really important person in providing reassurance and continuity for the younger players. And I think it helps. His personal circumstances really, really help because he's approaching the end of his career. He's playing at a level which is his ceiling. So he's not one of these people who is going to be thinking, oh, hang on a second, let's have a look around in January. Do I want to move on as well? Are the wheels coming off here? He is, it's in his own personal interest, as well as the fact that he's the club captain and his own integrity to really keep things um, tight in that dressing room and be a leader and be a captain. Um, And so again, if we're talking about people throughout the club who are stepping up in this moment, he, from what we know, has also been um, deserves a lot of credit as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I was um, singing his praises last week. Unfortunately, it got edited out, but um, big big fan. But uh, in all seriousness, look, I have been critical of him, of his on-the-pitch on the stuff this season, but I am fully behind him and fully uh, grateful that he's still here. And I think this is his time. I really do, more than last season, actually. I think this is the time where he's he becomes that invaluable figure and um, from the murmurings we're getting, it's looking like he's uh, delivering on that front. Huge, huge, um, huge asset. All right, guys, let's um, we wrap, let's wrap it up. We've all got Christmas activities and family events to uh, race off to. Is there, um, is there anyone on that list or online that jumps off the page? You're thinking, God, I would love them to be Plymouth Argyle manager. Anyone I've got an individual. I haven't got an individual, but if I had a if I had a preference, it mm. would be that we do unearth some kind of random underdog. I think it fits the way yep. that we think. I think it would be it would be brilliant if someone comes in that seems to the moron, like, oh well, I'd never heard of them. That mm. I would love to see, whether it's from abroad, whether it's from a very low division, something along those lines would be what would make me happy. But at the same time, what what whether I'm happy or not doesn't matter because they're interviewing and know these people. But I, there's a part of me that thinks it would fit the narrative if it's someone that is a little out of left field. Yeah. Mark, have you got your eyes on someone in Bundesliga, Dry, that's going to come in? I'll let Alex go first because just in case he says who I was going to say. Go on, Alex. <laughs> I I have people that I hope it's not really rather than people I hope it is. My my fear my my fear is that this has having this happen for a second time and this time arguably um hurting us even more on a personal and emotional level. I say us, I say people at the club who invested an awful lot personally in Stephen Schumacher. Um, despite knowing the business, there's no way that it wouldn't have personally um, stung a little bit. Um, that that causes us to be wary of that and not willing to go back to another manager who is likely to do the same as Stephen Schumacher and we may lose in the same way again. I'd be worried that we were going to go to somebody like, for example, Nathan Jones, and I hope this doesn't come back to haunt me, who has already had a go at a higher level and it hasn't quite worked out. So we remove the worry that, oh, his name's going to become one of these trendy, fashionable names and someone's going to come and poach him and that we go safe like that. I wouldn't like to see us do that. I don't think that's the Argyle way. We talk about taking risks, being progressive. I hope that we really do apply that to who we choose as manager. And I think we will. Yeah. The one name that's jumps off the paper to me that fits kind of everything that we've been discussing is that Brian Barry Murphy, ex Rochdale, currently head of um elite development at Man City, similar age to Schumacher and Lowe, similar kind of background. He feels it feels like an Argyle appointment. Who knows? Maybe it'd be funny if we end up getting Warnock. I don't think we will. But um that that's the one that feels to me that jumps off the paper, kind of ticking those boxes in terms of continuity. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, now it's time because I thought. Oh, sorry, I, Mark. I forgot about <laughs> Mark. Exactly. Well, it's easily done, Archie. I won't take it personally. Honest. Um, so, one of my favourite players is is now assistant manager at Long in League One, which is Lillian Nallis. 
Um, I'm not saying that he's uh, a real candidate, but you never know. Maybe he sent an email saying I'm interested. Um, my gut feeling says someone like John Eustace, who's you know everyone felt really sorry for that Wayne Rooney is is taking his job without any ex- real tangible experience. Someone like that, but this is the beauty of what's just happened. We we are now in a position to attract a better coach, manager, someone to take us forward. Um, absolutely. There must be a plethora of, of options. Got to trust the board to get it right. And yeah, I have a list of people that I don't want it to be. But, you know, like I said, it's uh, it's an opportunity for, for, for somebody to really take us to a, a different level. And maybe, who knows, get an away win. Imagine, imagine. All right, guys. Well, I think I challenge anyone to do a more level-headed pod after a managerial departure. I feel like we did well. It's good to chew before you eat, I think. The only thing thing constant is change. No. Mark, have you got any pearls of wisdom for us? No, let's just be, you know, looking forward to the game tomorrow. I hope all the fans really... Get behind the team, and we we get the right result. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's all that matters. That's yep. all that matters. I am con- I am considering drinking to UK time tomorrow. Like yes. normally, I save that for when I meet Alex. <laughs> um, but I am considering doing that at home, my own little treat. Yeah, speaking Bring of getting on. to the Brit, speaking of getting to the Brit twenty four hours in advance. So if you wonder where Tom Kirk is, now you know. <laughs> looking, forward to, looking forward to seeing him tomorrow it'll be a great match and you, you guys are right it'll be a hell of an atmosphere let's hope for a, a hell of a win all right thank you and thank you for listening and we'll be back with you very soon no quiz what a shame <laughs>